Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Andy. Actually, in the studio, kicking it by myself this morning. I apologize, I didn't have this podcast up to you guys last night, but it was just a, it was just a rough night yesterday. So I'm making sure I bring it up to you guys today. So we got lots of stuff to talk about and everything. This is episode 101. As we have made it past episode 100, I want to thank you guys for all the support you guys gave to episode 100. And uh, all of the, the things that we did. Because it, it was a long time coming. And I'm glad episode 100 landed on WrestleMania weekend. Which it was an exhausting weekend as well. So, also, before I get into anything. We have to... Last week, we had the WrestleMania Fantasy Match Card Draft. And I appreciate everybody that participated and voted in the Match Card Draft. It was a, it was a really fun thing to do. Like I said, it was an idea that I took from Ring Rush Radio. And they, they do it. And I figured, hey, why not uh, us try it? So we, we got about a good amount of people that voted. But I, once again, I knew that with us labeling out all the matches like that, it would be like a very long post that a lot of people probably will just skim through the first couple. And then just try to see what people what matches people like and then vote in there. So, you know, like I said, it was a beginning thing, a beginning test. But I want to announce the, uh, the standings for it. So, coming in last place, I apologize, but it's my co-host, you Flow Flow the Rookie, with 4%. Uh, coming in at third place is the Overweight Love in the House, Chubbs, with 11%. Coming in at second place is the Greatest Catch, Lady Sketch, with 12%. And coming in at first place with 73%. Is Mr. Andy myself? So I won the WrestleMania Fantasy Match Card Draft. I do say I enjoyed my card, but both these, a lot of them, had some good cards. I just, you know, I, I prepared for this. So I think the next time we're probably going to try it is SummerSlam. Like try try to see how it works out on the big uh, shows. So we're gonna probably try another one out on SummerSlam. I'm also going to see if I can get a. Season 5, I think we're on, a fantasy draft because we didn't complete the one last season, but we do got to, you know, complete the stuff as we're going on. Well, before we go into any of that stuff, we also got to pay the bills. Make sure you guys check us out 
uh, check out Spacious Philly, the production company we are a part of. You go to spaciousphilly.com, uh, your place for all kinds of urban podcasts and all kinds of podcasts that you listen to for a various different amount of things. And you can check out some of their popular podcasts on there as the Lulu and Pop and Both Sides Show along with Lulu and Pop Horror Show. Make sure you guys check that out as they both did a, a, a review on Get Out and Us. And I think they, they're going to mostly stick with the horror thing. So if you guys are into horror, make sure you guys check that out. Then you guys can follow us on there as well. The No Gimmick City Wrestling Podcast as well. That's where you're going to catch all the full episodes from now on. So if you guys listen to this on, obviously listen to this on the podcast apps right now, this is where you're going to get all the full content episodes. YouTube is going to no longer be a place for full episodes. We're going to be putting little excerpts from different episodes on to YouTube. And if you guys enjoy that, you know, I think that would be an easy way to balance it all out instead of trying to put a whole podcast on YouTube and on that. Because most people want to listen to their podcasts as they're going. Let's say they have YouTube Premium and stuff. But sometimes they just, they, people just want to get what the topic that they want to hear out the way instead of trying to go through the times and everything. So I figured that we're going to do this as the new thing going forward after episode 100 is you're going to get a little excerpts of things I talk about on YouTube. But on the podcast that you're going to get the full-blown, unedited... Well, it's going to be edited a little bit. But I'm saying, but you're going to get all that full podcast. So make sure you guys check out uh, for that stuff. The Nerdgasm Talk Podcast, man, don't we got some things coming up also for Nerdgasm Talk Podcast as well. And I would want to check that out if I was you, because I know the end of this week, we're going to talk about things we want to see in Endgame. And next week is the Endgame, and we're going to be talking about that uh, the movie and all that kind of stuff like that nature spoilers throughout the wazoo lord willing so make sure you guys check out all that uh the nerd talk podcast very great stuff then of course we have turntables hip-hop culture and beyond we just did a show on nipsey hustle so if you guys are into hip-hop culture or into hip-hop or into music my wife lady sketch hosts that podcast that's on spaces philly as well so you guys can go check that out so it was the, the whole nipsey hustle tribute uh show that's a really really good show and then we have uh, the debut of drunk thoughts sober tongues that's my man left brain that's going to be that's on there you know anything that's going on in politics life or discussion stuff like that. That's what that podcast is for. So we got a lot of different things coming up to you guys. A lot of different content for you guys on Spaces Philly. So make sure you guys check that out. You guys can follow us, obviously, on all the podcast apps. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher, Google Play, and Speaker. We're trying to get onto that Spotify train and all that other great stuff. Podbean and all that great stuff. And then also, we are on uh, YouTube. Like I said, you'll get the excerpts from YouTube. But if you guys, when you see on the thumbnail, if you guys want to see a full episode, then it will tell you where to go. But you guys can always email us at therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. Once again, that's therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. So let's get right on into this before because, you know, I got a long day ahead of me. And like I said, I probably should have got this done yesterday, but this was a bad day yesterday. So uh, right now we're getting to it that tonight on Raw. And SmackDown, we are at Superstar Shakeup. So we're at the new season of Raw, SmackDown, the new season of WWE moving forward. And a lot of things are going on. A lot of people are trying to quit. We'll get into that later. A lot of people are injured. And so WWE is in a weird state right now. So I'm curious to see how the Superstar Shakeup is going to go. But I figure I'll give a little bit of my predictions going into Superstar Shakeup of what I want to see, what. I, th- I think it's going to go where 
and how it's going to to go out. Because usually superstar shakeups, since we don't do a whole full fledged draft again, and which you know in a way I kind of understand why we don't do it that way. Just do the superstar shakeup. I'm kind of cool with that. My thing is, they, they usually pick like five big players. And then they think about the rest are just like things you find out on the internet or in passing and things of that nature. I'm trying, I'm really trying to balance out to see what show needs more. And honestly, Raw needs more than SmackDown because SmackDown kind of raped them the last Superstar Shake of last year. So I, I think Raw needs a lot more going forward. And uh, with these injuries going on, I, like I said, I, I don't know where storylines are going at first. So automatically I'm going to talk about who I think is going to come to Raw tonight and I, that's going along with NXT UK I also think that's going along with uh, N, uh, NXT 205 Live and stuff from Smackdown so I think Raw is going to be a loaded 3 hour show tonight and number one I think when it comes to people from Smackdown that's going to Raw I, I don't want it to happen because I think he fits so much better just being on SmackDown because that's the house he built. But I think they're finally going to put AJ on Raw. I really think they're finally going to make that move and put AJ Styles on Raw. Because the Fox deal is coming up. I think they're going to put a big name superstar on SmackDown. And right now, I think... I'm just going with the people that's going to Raw. I got AJ coming over to Raw. Because he has been on SmackDown since... The, the, uh, the draft has started in 2016 so he has mo mostly done everything or have faced almost everybody on Smackdown that there is to face and some new fresh opponents would be good however I don't know how fresh an opponents are going to be because the only thing I think is you got you, you got to trade AJ for a top star also which I'll get to when I come to Smackdown so I have AJ going to Raw and I also have the Usos coming over to Raw the Usos, they've been there, like I said, since 2016, since the start of this draft. And they have <clears throat> really have come up to be one of the, the, the best tag team in WWE. The best tag team. And with them losing to the Hardy Boys on Tuesday with the Superstar Shakeup, I was like, okay, they, they got the belts off of them. I don't think the Hardys are going anywhere. Hardys stayed on SmackDown. I don't know if they're going to unify the belts or anything. That's not, that's not for neither here or there. But I said, the Usos did everything on SmackDown. You got to get them away from the New Day. Get them away from the bar. Get away from these teams that they already have done already. And they don't use sanity at all. So it's time for some fresh teams. Raw ain't got no teams. But it's they, at least it's a fresh start for them. And I think the Usos would be good at that. So with the Usos coming over to Raw, I have Naomi coming over to Raw as well. I, you, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to break up the marriage. Stuff like that. I mean, it ain't going to break it up, but. I think that Naomi coming over to Raw will be a fresh two star for her. Once again, she started SmackDown at the beginning of the draft. AJ Usos and Naomi, they've all started at SmackDown. When the brand split started back in 2016 again, they started on SmackDown. So I think it's time for them to have a new home and time for them to represent something new, you know, represent the red a little bit, which I think that'd be really cool. So, you know, Usos has been Crips long enough, time for them to be Bloods, you know. <laughs> uh, but I think. I didn't. I didn't. That would work out for Naomi, because and I think also that probably put her more in the limelight because you know she has been treading water on SmackDown. She been the SmackDown Women's Champion before, but you know I think her with Becky Lynch being up there because I think Becky Lynch is coming over as a champion. Even even though the rumor is that they're going to do women, there's not going to be no brand split for the women. 
I don't think. Uh, so, or the tag teams, I heard. But, you know, once again, we don't know. I can only go by what I know now, and that is uh, Becky Lynch be coming over the Raw. She's the Raw SmackDown Women's Champion, so I expect to see her over Raw as well. Then also, I'm going to go into uh, some other people on SmackDown that I think that maybe it's time for a change that probably hasn't been working too much. Uh, maybe Rey Mysterio? You know, Rey Mysterio has always been associated with SmackDown even when they had the brand split back in 2002. Rey Mysterio has always been associated with SmackDown. And I'm like, well, maybe it could be time for... I mean, he has got drafted to Raw. That was that 2008-2009 era. But I, I, I can see Mysterio probably trying to go back to Raw. Then I'm going to go into some 205 Live. I think Buddy Murphy in this international draft, he comes to Raw. Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander need to leave 205 Live. They need to come bigger and better. Mustafa Ali is already on SmackDown. I say Buddy Murphy comes to Raw. He will fit perfectly on Raw. Of course, Vince is not going to do Buddy Murphy the justice that Triple H has gave him, but I, Buddy Murphy needs to come to Raw. And I think seeing like Buddy Murphy face like Finn Balor, that, that will give some fresh matchups for the kind of championship. All those things will be really good. He don't need to be stuck in the cruiserweight. He has proven a love. He can have great matches. So then Tony needs to run, run that land down on 205 Live. And then you can bring some other cruiserweight stuff from like NXT or something like that. But yeah, Buddy Murphy needs to go. Also, from SmackDown, I see them breaking up the team of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. And I see them bringing Shinsuke Nakamura on the Raw. Shinsuke Nakamura came to SmackDown two years ago. Or, no, 2018, beginning, or the end of 2017, he came to SmackDown. And I'm like, okay, but now Shinsuke done everything he can over there. I think Shinsuke coming over to Raw will be some... Uh, now, it depends if he still is going to resign. Cause I know his contract's about to expire. I don't know if Shinsuke's going to resign or not. I, me, personally, for my own biasness, I would love for Shinsuke to stay. But he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to. And uh, I also, the Rusev... Shinsuke Nakamura thing, it, it just hasn't worked for me. It just hasn't worked for me at all. I mean, it was cool while it lasted. But it's going to work for me because also I think Alistair Black is going to come to Raw. You got to break up him and Ricochet. They work better as single stars in the tag team. They have gone through all this tag team stuff. They have went through three tag team title matches from Raw to NXT, to WrestleMania. And they lost each and every one of them. So it really is time for them to break up. They don't have to be like a a bad breakup. It's like a mutual ways. No, Alistair Black will work better as a single star. Where and Ricochet works better as a single star. So I think they, they'll keep Alistair Black on Raw, put Ricochet on SmackDown. Here, having Nakamura and Alistair Black matches? Yeah, Nakamura, you know, that, that, that way you can, you can freshen up Nakamura a little bit. Especially with that heel turn, make him fight Finn Balor for that mid card uh, championship, that, that Intercontinental Championship, or you can just put him in different feuds with different people. So I think Nakamura coming over the Raw, Alistair Black coming over the Raw also. Uh, then I have, see, because they lost, and I, I think they all coming up. Undisputed Air comes to Raw. I think the Undisputed Air comes to Raw, because that way you gain a top star in Adam Cole. You gain a mid, uh, a mid card guy in uh, Roderick Strong, and then you gain a tag team with O'Reilly and Fish. 
So, once again, they could dominate the Raw scene if the, if it's book right. If you want to have Adam Cole go for Universal, him and Seth Rollins having a, you, matches, what? That would be awesome. And uh, I think also, uh, well, yeah, Roderick Strong could definitely go once again in a, uh, finish in the kind of champion. And I can definitely see Fish and O'Reilly taking those tag team belts off of Ryder and Hawkins. Like, they, they're not going to be champion long. Kind of like Kofi Kingston, I think. They're not going to be champion for, for so long. So, I think you definitely find a way to get that get them off of there and bring up the Undisputed Era. So, right now, from all the things I've said, when it comes to Alistair Black, Shinsuke Nakamura, Undisputed Era, AJ Styles, The Usos, Naomi, and uh, I think, yeah, that, that right there is already a stacked roster. To help shake things up on Raw. And I know they're not going to be that. There's still going to be little switches that they're going to do. Like Sean Benjamin probably going to come over to Raw. Which I think that will be new. It'll help get him some TV time. So I I think Sean Benjamin coming over to Raw will be a good thing also. Sanity? Not really sure. Because you like maybe. See because sometimes a three hour show can help benefit some guys. I think a three hour show helps benefit guys a lot. But. You know, it's a lot of filler too. But the guys you to benefit from, like Sean Benjamin, he's go back on TV. So I would definitely put him on Raw, especially when we see him not too long ago uh, suplexing uh, Seth Rollins for that Brock Lesnar storyline. So keep him on Raw. Why not? Now they're going to have women's tag team championships and a women's champion. You're going to need more women on your card. So in a weird way, I think Beth Phoenix stays for a little bit longer. Maybe just to like to do a year, just to come back, just to, you know, get her feet wet. I can see her doing that. I have a weird, because there, there are going to be people that's going to come up that, that that's, we're going to look like, man, they came up way too early. I think Dakota Kai comes up to Raw. I think Tony Storm comes up to Raw. Do I agree with that? No. But I'm saying, but there are going to be some people that are going to come up to the, the shakeup from Raw and SmackDown, for, to Raw and SmackDown, that we're going to feel as though that aren't ready yet. Like, I just hope they don't touch Bianca Belair or Velveteen Dream. I want to keep them down at NXT. Don't, please don't call them up. Please don't call them up. And, you know, there's also, thinking, I'm thinking about NXT also, I'm thinking maybe you could bring up Matt Riddle. I think that's a possibility. I think that Matt Riddle, he's, he's, he's a very established guy. So, Matt Riddle doesn't need to stay. He's like Samoa Joe to me. He don't need to stay in NXT. He's just there to help him, help him out. But I think that they're okay that if Matt Riddle gets called up this early. Like, I know people don't really understand Matt Riddle, but I, I want him to stay in NXT because Matt Riddle will have his best matches like that down there because Vince ain't going to like the barefoot stuff. Rusev tried it, ain't going to work. You know, uh, the only person that really got over it was... Uh, Kevin Von Eric, but that that was obviously in you know WCCW, so that's not going to happen. Peck, that's not going to happen again. So if Vince sees him up there with no shoes on, he's going to make him put boots on. It's going to just ruin the whole thing. What Matt Riddle is all about, just saying. So that's going to Raw. Let's see who I have going to SmackDown. I think they kind of gave it away a little bit. It looks like Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Are on their way to SmackDown. It, it, it was kind of like a giveaway. The test of wars to see how it was. But I definitely can see. Braun is do no, doing nothing on Raw. He has exhausted everything he can on Raw. 
He keeps getting squashed by Lesnar every time he won a title match. He, he comes out and does the same shit. I'm tired of seeing him tag with Finn Balor and stuff like that. He needs to go. Strowman, I can see, hands down, going to, uh, going to SmackDown. Oh, by the way, because I think I also have Lars Sullivan staying on Raw. You don't need two monsters on the same show. So if you're going to have Lars Sullivan be your new monster on Raw, then have uh, Braun Strowman be uh, your monster on SmackDown. Then I have uh, Drew McIntyre definitely coming over to SmackDown. He's exhausted all his options on Raw as well. And I don't need no more Roman or Shield or Bobby Lashley or Baron Corbin. I don't need none of that shit. Get Drew McIntyre away from all of that. And so he can start a whole new thing over here on SmackDown. By the way, I have Sami Zayn staying on Raw as well. Because as soon as Drew McIntyre came down, I said, okay, he's coming for Kofi Kingston in that WWE Championship. And I think this is going to be the, the time where Drew McIntyre takes the championship off of Kofi Kingston. At the next, like, Money in the Bank. I see it being Money in the Bank. Because I, I don't, I thought he was going to give Kofi the Christian treatment. They didn't. So they found a way to get themselves out of there. But I think Kofi loses it at the next pay-per-view. Especially with Big E being injured now. He tore his Achilles. That man's going to be out for about a year. So, if they were thinking about doing a New Day breakup, it ain't going to come till next year. So, the New Day looks like they're, they're going to be safe. It's just going to be Kofi and Xavier Woods, which means that they're probably going to, you know, wean Xavier Woods out a little bit. So, Kofi's really going to actually start the beginning of his own singles run. That's what's going to happen. And I think that it's going to, uh, Drew McIntyre is going to take that championship from him at Money in the Bank, which is the next pay-per-view. You know what? It depends because he's going to have to defend that Saudi Arabia which is coming up in a couple of weeks also. And maybe he, they, they use some antics to, to uh, keep him, keep the championship on him at Saudi Arabia. Or, I mean, I don't know. But I do know Drew McIntyre is the next guy, and he's going to be the next guy on SmackDown. Kevin Owens stays on SmackDown. I have them bringing back Aiden English and doing Rusev Day over again on SmackDown. It's a bold move to call, but that's why I was saying Nakamura goes to Raw. Because I think Rusev Rusev is just there. He's there not doing stuff. The Bulgarian Brute thing is just not... It it worked for what it was, but Rusev Day really got over it. And Aiden English is doing nothing but stuck on commentary. And I'm like, God, like y'all can do something better than this. So I would just reunite uh, Rusev Day, take Aiden English off 205 Live commentary, and bring him back with Rusev to do Rusev Day again. I think that that will be a cool uh, thing to it. Uh, B-Team comes to SmackDown. I have the B-Team come back to SmackDown. They can have a nice moment with the Miz. But I don't think we're doing the whole Miz to Raj thing again. I just think the B-Team comes over to SmackDown. To, to uh, spice with the tag team division uh, just a little bit. I have, where I had Buddy Murphy going to Raw, I have Cedric Alexander coming to SmackDown. And I also have Pete Dunne coming to SmackDown. I think Pete Dunne will fit better on SmackDown than he would on Raw. I mean, I could be wrong as well. But the Bruiser way, I, I would like to see him on SmackDown along with Cedric Alexander. Then you got Mustafa Ali down there. So, you know, you, you got the guys that, that can mix it up with those guys. It's going to be it's gonna be looking really good already. So, that, that way, we already still kind of uh, shaking things up as well. EC3 comes to SmackDown because he needs to. Because Raw and what well, they, they both just killed him. And I think EC3 needs to start 
reboot already. I mean, this whole mute thing he's doing, EC3 is trash. Get him off Raw, put him over to SmackDown, and you can have a better uh, things for him to do over on SmackDown. So I would say bring EC3 over to SmackDown. Then when I'm thinking of the women, I see Bailey coming over to SmackDown. Bailey has been on Raw for since, since the draft, uh, the brand split started. I see bringing Bailey over to uh, SmackDown. And bring Ember Moon over to SmackDown. That will I, I I would I mean I like Ember Moon on Raw. Don't get me wrong, but I look at the balance of women here. You could bring Ember Moon over on SmackDown. I, I think her mixing up with you know a lot of the SmackDown ladies. And SmackDown needs some ladies, man. They ain't got that many ladies. And I also think Io Shirai and Kyrie Zayn come to SmackDown because Paige was teasing a team that she's going to bring on SmackDown this week. So, what other team can I think of other than Io Shirai and Kyrie Zayn that I mean that would be worth coming down? I mean, unless they they make shift a team, but don't don't put people in there just to make a team and they're not they're not, not going to be dominant at all. Shayna Baszler's up in the air because Shayna Baszler needs to come to the main roster. I don't know if you put her on Raw because Ronda's there. I don't know if you put her on SmackDown because if I have Kyrie going there, why'd you do that? But if Ronda's going to be out, Ronda's going to be out for a minute with that broken hand, and there's no sign that she's going to come back. This year or not, or she gonna come back at all? I mean, she is signed through twenty twenty one. That's that, that's her her contract. So she like her likeness, her clothing, her video game appearances, stuff, stuff like that is not gonna go anywhere. But whether she comes back is a different story. So if you want to put a, a legit badass UFC person up there, then I say put Shannon Baszler up there. You, you could put Shayna Baszler up there, and then she could take the role of Ronda Rousey while she's up there. Because Shayna Baszler, you know, uh, that'd be kind of cool. And then she could just you know, keep it warm until Ronda comes back or whenever she does want to come back. So that is, uh, I, I can see her coming up. Just don't know where she's going to fit in all this. And uh, I'm sitting here looking as well. What do I, I mean? I, I got, you know, a lot of people say, Amos, you know, I want Amos to stay. I don't know if he goes to Raw or not because, you know, he can use a little bit more TV time as well because, you know, Free Raven still, they, they never got the rubber, rubber match that they, they deserved. But, no, I think I keep Amos on SmackDown. Then I'm looking at uh, other people on the card, or NXT at least, and Ricochet, have him coming to SmackDown Live. I would like Ricochet on SmackDown Live as well. And I forgot, who is the, U the United States champion? Oh, oh, Samoa Joe. So, yeah. Oh, so he, he's already probably going to feud with Braun Strowman. So, that, that's probably going to be a thing. But, yeah, having Ricochet over on SmackDown Live, I can see that happening. And I can see uh, maybe, did, call me crazy, maybe they take Xavier Woods to Raw. And he do his own little singles thing. No, no, I wouldn't bring up the New Day like that. I, honestly, I would not bring up the New Day like that. Uh, also, remember what I said earlier about a star for a star. So if AJ's coming to Raw, Roman Reigns comes to SmackDown. Damn it, because that, that brings him and Drew McIntyre over at the same thing also. But I can still see him doing that. But uh, Rome, somebody big for AJ Styles has to come. Since Seth is the Universal Champion and Kofi is the WWE Champion, I don't see them switching the titles. I mean, those titles need to belong on those shows right there. So... I don't see him switching those titles, but I do see Roman coming over to SmackDown. Somebody big has to come over 
to replace that void in AJ Styles. Now, of course, people are not going to be on the Roman train. People are going to be booing Roman stuff like that. And, you know, WWE has just done a terrible job at, with, with Roman Reigns. But I still think you need a big kind of badass to come over from Raw. You got to break him away from Seth Rollins and Shield stuff, even because Dean Ambrose is leaving. So I have Roman Reigns coming over to SmackDown as the, the one trader for AJ Styles. If not Roman, then definitely Ronda Rousey. I see Ronda Rousey go SmackDown, especially with the Fox deal. So these these are just predictions. You know, you guys can you know chime in, you know, send emails stuff like that. What do you think the predictions are going to be? I think that's what the predictions are going to be for the Superstar Shakeup tonight. So we got to check and make sure uh, we, we see what happens with that. It's going to be very interesting because I do like the Superstar Shakeup. I just think that last year Raw got the shitty end of the deal. Forward, which I think that's what helped. That's what also just did not help make Raw better at all. Jinder Mahal for Jeff Hardy. Are you serious? Like easily SmackDown won that Samoa Joe for you know, and then they, they got they, they got and also they got the Miz and all, they got just so many people that helped stack their roster and then Raw got nobody. And I was like, God, they really got nobody. So if my predictions come true, I think I'll be even balanced. Because I think I said Raw needs a lot more because once three hours and you just need a lot more to do on that show or SmackDown. You just you put some little parts in there. I think it can really turn stuff up. A uh, couple of things going on backstage. Before I get into all the backstage crap, there is news. AEW has apparently, it looks like they are close to reaching a TV deal with Turner Broadcasting Sports. Now, for those who don't remember how big Turner is, that's the station where WCW died at, TNT. And it wasn't because of, you know, I mean, well, Turner, you know, they signed with AOL, the whole merger. They didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to support wrestling. So WCW had to die. They had to die. And now that will be huge for AEW to get that TV deal at, uh, TNT or TBS however you should not as wrestling fans jump the gun so quickly with that news there is no is that sketched in stone of AEW on TNT and on TBS whatever the case may be because you know they're still negotiating things and they're saying that if there's a TV show they're not going to compete with Vince because TNA learned the hard way not to do that They'll be on Tuesdays because uh, SmackDown is going to go to Fridays on Fox. So Tuesday will be the ideal day for AEW, which I would personally love because it'll make things easy. I can watch Raw on Mondays, that depend on how good it is. Uh, then I can watch AEW on Tuesdays, and then I can watch SmackDown on Fridays. Like back to cause I liked like uh, back when they had Friday Night SmackDown because it was it's like you know back when I was. I was still in high school and in great uh when Saturday I went to Friday nights. God, I was in high school, I think it was. The end of high school. I think I was just graduating. <laughs> so it was cool. And you know, going to college, you, you could just go and do all your classes and stuff like that on Friday nights. You kick back and watch some wrestling. And then you got and then Saturday mornings you got worry about getting up and doing anything like that. So yeah, and it'll be great, especially as a YouTuber. It'll be a great as a YouTuber to do all that great stuff. So, I would say, uh, yeah, don't be on Tuesday, that'd be great. But, it's not a done deal until it's a done deal. Because Eric Bischoff was supposed to buy WCW 
back when uh you know AOL bought Turner back in in 2001 and he it was a done deal according but then next thing you know they got rid of wrestling and then WCW died and Eric Bischoff couldn't buy the uh WCW so it was gone same thing can happen here until they announce something that uh, which they should do soon because right now it's a lot of you know smoking mirrors right now I mean we it's obviously a thing but they have not run a single show yet. They got a uh, double or nothing coming up in May. That's next month. Then they got some other uh, preview stuff like that coming up as well. But they have to start running something. And then I think you got to get this TV deal. You at least got to announce something about this TV deal, especially since he just got JR over there as well. And I think it, it really could benefit because of that. Because once, I think once that TV deal is etched in concrete. I think WWE is in some bigger trouble than they already in when it comes to firings and quitting, quitting and stuff of that nature. I really think they're in some shit if uh, once they really announce the TV deal. But them going over to Turner, you know, as a wrestling fan from the 90s, it's a beautiful thing. I know people that think AEW is just, you know, a bullshit company that they, they don't want to succeed. I don't know why competition is good that's what's going to get wwe better the reason why wwf back then was so good is because wcw was kicking their ass and they still had some this little net flying around their ears in ecw that's what made them so great from everybody else it was seeing what show can top what show when you had it, it, that's what calls to add to there. That's what calls the more real, the realism in their characters and the darker characters that WWF had fighting with WCW and in the hardcore element fighting with ECW. They need to do this, and if it, it don't have to be on the same night though, that that's it. That that was the war and everybody go bankrupt. But it don't have to be on the same night. But with AEW being there on Tuesdays. And I'm gonna get into the Sasha Banks thing in a minute, and all the superstars like Dean Ambrose. Those are some top names that if they're out there contracting and they don't want to do WWE no more, don't want to put with WWE shit, they go right over there and people can watch them on Tuesday nights. I'm telling you, because the, the AEW chance was so bad on Monday night, I wasn't even at the Barclays Center, but I heard them on TV how bad they were. You be telling me that WWE don't want to lose about a lot of their top talent over there to AEW and people watch Tuesday nights. They'll be talking about this. You know what? Fuck Raw. Raw's on Mondays. Nobody likes Mondays anyway. I won't watch Raw. But guess what? I'll watch AEW on Tuesdays. Why not? And they know that. And on a bigger... Like, on a... We haven't had some type of news like this in 18 years. That's a long-ass time. And it's a long time coming. I have been waiting for something like this. Because TNA was the uh the, the counterpart I wanted. That that was the thing that I enjoyed. They just shot themselves in the foot. They was on a major network company in Spike TV. And they were a, they were a good wrestling organization as well. That had every a lot of stars you see today was from TNA. Your AJ Styles, your Stings, your Bobby Roos, your Eric Youngs, your some uh your Samoa Joes, Kurt Angle, the Hardys all of them. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, all of them was at Impact. 
all of them was at TNA from the year 2002 to 2000 in my opinion when it kind of officially died was that 2012 era is when it officially died but that's when they were there and stars went over there to impact you know our brother Dario Y MVP but you know and then EC3 they all from over there Selena Vega TJP that's all TNA guys now, WWE got them all, of course, but now with AEW, they can make new stars, especially at the indies, and then take the stars that's pissed at. WWE's not getting rid of their top stars. They just don't want to be there no more. And the report is, uh, is a rumor that they're offering Dean Ambrose a $6 million a year deal. They got money ready to do that. However, that's still a rumor. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But it shows that they can get some money over there and you know the working conditions are just better over there the shit why not i look i see Dolph Ziggler taking the first smoking thing out of there whenever his contract is up i think he, i think people just now just waiting out contracts to see if it's up but i think <clears throat> by double or nothing they need to make an announcement about this tv deal to get some type of concrete thing going on so we know what's going to happen with the TV deal and how it's going to represent uh, the wrestling business and that is really going to determine a lot of fates of, of a lot of wrestlers out there if they want to go over to AEW and to, to see how su su successful it is. Why waste your time in WWE? Why, why do it? Because it's the biggest thing now but now since we finally got an alternative just to start off small and everything that nature when you when we got guys that have made names for themselves in these indies to starting over. A lot of guys here, look, if their contract wasn't up, you know, they they would go over. But once again, you got some guys that just like the way WWE is, is run. AJ Styles signed an extension, Uso signed an extension, Kevin Owens signed an extension. So obviously them guys ain't going over anywhere for the next five, three to five years. But when you have Dean Ambrose who's done, when you have Sasha Banks who's who's ready to quit, even though like so I will get to Sasha Banks thing in a minute. And you know, uh, other people that want to quit like that and they, they want to go over to AEW or be released from their contracts like the revival. WA is stupid. WA is not gonna just drop them over there so they can go over to the competition. No, you did you can buy some selling your contract at this weight. Kind of thing. So I would make sure before everybody gets all, you know, very, very hype, I will make sure it's concrete first that they'll go back to TNT. And I mean, that that will be a celebration within itself. It really would be. Now, Sasha Banks. Love me some Sasha Banks. Y'all know I love Sasha Banks as well. So there's been some frustration and some things going around saying that Sasha Banks wants to quit WWE. I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. But we got to look into the, the things here. I'm reading on here on Forbes that Sasha Banks has uh, being frustrated in WWE is nothing new, obviously. Uh, this week, her frustrations came to a head when the former four-time Raw Women's Champion last week canceled her appearance on the Wendy. Okay, this is an old article I'm reading here. But at WrestleMania 35, Bailey and Sasha Banks lost the titles to the Iconics. And there's reports saying that Sasha Banks is backstage Ready to quit. Her and Bailey 
were making scenes, act like little brats backstage, lying on the floor, and talk about how much they hate WWE, which I don't believe. I don't believe. They took a picture with the Iconics backstage. So I don't believe any of that. However, I can see why Sasha Banks is frustrated with the WWE. If you take a look at the career of Sasha Banks, going all the way back to NXT, her whole boss giving, she didn't care about nobody else. It was all about her. It was all about, I need, you know, I'm the boss of this woman's division and I need to take what's mine. And I like that about Sasha Banks. She was a great heel. That's what made Sasha Banks so good at what she did. So, in NXT, her and Bailey, especially, she was put on the map uh, when the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Women's Championship match with Bailey. She's put on the mat with that. That was a great matchup. And then she has just been, you know, everybody loves Sasha Banks. That her and Bailey had that uh Iron Woman match at NXT the end uh, take over the to take over the end with her and Bailey and she and she, she took the flower off the uh Bailey's little uh top fan outside, stuff like that. She was a great heel. Great heel. She knew how to make people hate her. She came to the roster with Team Bad as NC Women's Champion, but then she she dropped it to Bailey, and they were just treading water. But then she had uh, a hit, uh, matches with Shaw that were just amazing. She became a four-time Women's Champion, but she can never defend the championship. Every time she won it, the next time she first her first time defense, she lost it every single time. And 2018 alone, Sasha Banks and even Bailey, they were just shit. They didn't do nothing in 2018 where they're worth any merit. So I can understand why she's frustrated. But then again, I'm looking at Sasha Banks' career also and look at it from another way. You had one of the greatest NXT matches in history with Bailey at TakeOver Brooklyn. You were part of the first ever women's Iron Woman Iron Man match. You were part of the first ever women's pay-per-view main event. You were part of the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match. You were the first ever uh, women's tag team champions. There are a lot of things in Sasha Banks' career. She she was in a lot of high-profile matches. She was part of that WrestleMania 32 triple threat match with her, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte to crown a new women's champion when they retired the Divas Championship. She's part of all that. And her her and Charlotte have main evented countless Raws for that women's championship. False count anywhere. Regular matches, they've they, they, they done it. Sasha Banks, if you look in the, the women's revolution and look at all the things that she has done, She's also done a lot. A hell of a lot. So, you know, it, it depends on... Some people say Sasha may take herself too seriously. Like like a Bret Hart type thing. Which could be the case. I, I met Sasha once. Very nice woman when I met her. A lot of people had the, you know, the horror stories I heard in the airport at 5 in the morning. I mean, I would be a horror story at an airport, period. But at 5 in the morning, oh, you can't even talk to me. So, I get it. 
you know, I get it. Fans want you to be on your P's and Q's all the time. Man, no, please. That's selfish because we not even on our P's and Q's all the time. So, I, you know, I, I don't take that, you know, with, with, with anything. But Sasha Banks has done so much in this business, but I can understand the frustration. But I'm not going to say that WWE hasn't done anything with Sasha Banks at all. If anybody should be frustrated, it should be Bailey. Bailey should be the really to be the one frustrated at all because they just don't do, do shit with Bailey at all. But uh, she says she wants to quit. She she is at the Dominican Republic with uh, is it Dominican Republic? I'm not sure. She's somewhere with Mikazi on vacation, and I think it was could be a planned vacation. And she said she ain't come back to work. Rumor of also take ours with a grain of salt. But even if Sasha Banks wants to quit, WWE is not going to. Re- uh, let her out of her contract. I don't know how many years Sasha Banks got left on her contract, but WWE is not just going to just let her out of her contract like that. She's too valuable to them. Dean contract is up. He can go wherever the fuck he want to go. Sasha Banks, I think, got another year left on her contract. So if she wants to quit, she could quit, but she going to sit on, sit at home still on that contract. That's just the way it's going to be. And I, I know Sasha and she, she I know she would walk away with a good from, from a good payday. If she goes to AEW, I think Sasha Banks is going to be doing the same thing she's doing at WWE. She's the boss. She's, they'll, they'll they'll probably shoot her to the top with her being one of the, the the main stars over in AEW. But I think the thing about AEW is she's going to probably have the same amount of success in AEW as she's had in WWE. I get, you know, that's the only thing that bothers me a little bit with with Sasha a little bit is that ego. And I think she takes herself a little bit too seriously. And I'm not sitting here defending for WWE all the way saying that they gave her a lot of shit and she she, she should be humble. I'm I'm going with Sasha because it's frustrating. And I know she said she wanna have a new a long title reign with the titles of her and Bailey so they can put some legitimacy on them. And I agree with that because they was on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and we haven't seen them defend it nowhere. I would love to see them go back to NXT and defend the titles. And I think that could have been a good story going into like a takeover Brooklyn or take takeover WrestleMania weekend. Just them going to face at a takeover for the uh WWE Women's Championships. I would agree that they probably lose them at SummerSlam. I'm cool with that. I can understand that, but it's it's hard. It's I don't want Sasha to leave. I love Sasha, and yes, I'm gonna be slightly biased because you know that's one of my sisters, man. You know, say I don't want any of the sisters to leave. You know, say we ain't got enough of them already. So I want you know her to stay to represent, and especially as good as she is, I will say this. I will say that. I hope these next couple of weeks Sasha gets her head together because if she has a year left on her contract and she just wants to quit and not do anything, she's going to be sitting on her couch not doing anything. And because Vince is not going to release her out of her contract, I seriously doubt Vince McMahon will release Sasha Banks out of her contract, especially with AEW right around the corner getting a TV deal coming up and go right over to the competition. He's not going to do that. You see what happened to Revival? They went out. Revival got another year, uh, another year, nine something months left. Guess what? They staying. Gallows and Anderson. They went out too. Guess what? They staying. 
at least until September, that's when Giles and Anderson's contract is up. And then they're going to leave. But th until then, they staying. They staying. So that's the, the thing about Sasha. If you, if you want to quit, quit. But you're not going to do anything because you're going. He's not going to release you out your contract, and that's what makes the situation so sad. Road Dog Brian James. Oh, you didn't know? Uh, obviously you probably haven't. But Road Dog is out of his contract. He 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 has been stepped down from being co-head of the SmackDown Live creative team, and. Has been said that Road Dog has said that he has been up for hours uh, during the week on conference calls and creating different things just for Vince Man to tear it all down, and do it himself. That's the problem, right there. If you got a team of thirty creative people, why the hell is Vince Man like Jerry Jones here? Too old to be getting anybody else's business. Let everybody do their job. And if Vince don't like something, he's going to go and he's going to change it the way he sees fit. But eventually, Vince is not going to have enough time to do this in the XFL that comes up early next year. 2020, that's when that XFL comes. He's not going to have enough time to do all this stuff. He's not. So, he really is not putting his hand in the, uh, the bucket and doing this, but I understand where Rodolph's coming from. Now, he's not fired, they say. I think he's getting another position backstage or something, whether it be producer, whether it be going down at a lower level on the creative team, whatever the case is. But he's the head. He's one. Of the, he's the co-head, probably with Michael Hayes, on SmackDown Live. And Vince will just come in last minute and change all the ideas that they worked so hard on. I would be pissed, too. I would be pissed as well if that was... Vince was to come in and do that kind of stuff to me. And what can, I mean, maybe he'll get his job back. I doubt he even wants it. I doubt he wants that headache. And I know people will say, hey, people, we need to get this person creative or we get this person creative because they write good storylines. Man, nobody want to deal with Vince McMahon. No matter how good your storylines is, Vince going to change it. To the point is, why do you even have all them guys there in the first place? Does somebody talk to you? Somebody for you, you know, to rule over, to dominate? I don't I don't understand that. I, I, I would do the same thing Road Dogg is doing right now. Screw it. Screw it. I would, I would not want to be up there dealing with somebody. If they asked me to do a job... But yeah, I can't do my job. That no, screw that. I am I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life at all. So if if he wants to go, he can go. And you know, I, I wanted to mention him real quick because uh, you know, I heard about every one of the stories of him stepping down from Cold Leader SmackDown, because SmackDown has a better role. Not that much better, but it's it's more tolerable than that's the best I can use for it. It's more tolerable than Raw. There are some things where I'm just like, oh my God, who wrote this shit? Because, look, Oscar number one. I don't know what happened to Oscar. Oscar number one of, of just, you know, get, getting everything fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Vince just don't get it when it comes to Oscar. I don't think a lot of people get it when it comes to Oscar. Or even Sasha Banks, for that matter. But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that with this XFL coming up, 
there can be a lot of change. Like Triple H will probably get rid of Vince's guys and put in his guy. <clears throat> I think that could be better for business moving on down the line as well. So there's no NXT review this week because usually after a takeover, it's just a recap show and whatever pre whatever pre show matches they had to take takeover show, they played on there. So um now we'll get into that too much. <clears throat> I did hear that Donovan Dijak, uh new character is gonna be like a white supremacist type character. If that's true or not, I'm not sure. I sure as hell hope not. Like I don't know if that's gonna go over today, but maybe it'll go over in NXT. It said the the WWE audience. I'm not necessarily sure, but I don't know. That's a rumor. I but but there's no NXT review. But we do have some emails. So how can you guys send us in an email? I, I know that the show seems like it's kind of short this week, but no. How can you send us in an email? You guys can email us at therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. Once again, that's therealnerdcoalition at gmail.com. Uh, that's spelled C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N. So I got a couple emails here, so I'm going to do two of them, okay? And uh, one of them I have is uh, a... Uh, question from a fan that we have here I know who this person is but uh they ask says Dean Ambrose is leaving uh this month and you know he went out with, with the shield and everything what are your top five Dean Ambrose matches Jesus uh here's the thing I love Dean Ambrose Dean Ambrose never had that many matches to me where I was just like yo that shit was awesome he never had that many matches for, for me like that. Dean Ambrose works better in a hardcore environment. Don't get me wrong. He's a good wrestler. He has good matches. But I think he thrives in that hardcore element uh, better than a, than a singles element. I never ha- he never had that one-on-one match with, uh, that I've seen that has great storytelling and stuff like that other than, you know, six-man tag matches like that. But those are not one-on-one that, that had no stipulation to it. So, but... I actually went through it, and I said, I found five Dean Ambrose matches. Two of them are with the Shield. I'm sorry. There's just there's some things I just couldn't get out of. Two of them is with the Shield. But I did find uh, three single Dean Ambrose matches that I really enjoyed. So, with that being said, I'm going to go knock out the Shield ones first, and then I'm going to take care of... The, uh, the other singles matches. So, first one, I would say, the TLC match bet- between Team Hell No and Ryback at 2012, the Barclays Center that he was saying that it was at, uh, the first Shield pay-per-view matchup. They first came, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, they, they, they first came in, Survivor Series and beat up Ryback. So, Team Hell No teams over Ryback, they have a TLC match with them. And this is the first TLC match that I can remember where it was pinfall or submission to win. You didn't have to climb nothing. It was just pinfall submission to win this matchup. Great, great matchup. This is back when Dean Ambrose was using the old school Dirty Ds. He like plant your head right into the mat, like in a cutter style fashion, opposed to turning into a double arm DDT. So I, I enjoyed this. And this really was the breakout of showing what the Shield could do. Roman was the powerhouse. Dean Ambrose was just a lunatic, hardcore fringe guy, and Seth Rollins was obviously the athletic one. So this right here, 
uh, made for some good TV, uh, good, good pay-per-view action here. And I, I believe this was the, I don't know, I don't know if this was the, I don't think this was the main event of that, of that, no, the main event was, that was Dolph Ziggler and Cena in that ladder match. So yeah, I thought that this match was uh, really good. One of the things that really, it was the Shields uh, homecoming. It was like, show us what you can do to get you high foot for the Shield. And I think this really worked for the Shield. It, putting them on the map as showing them as a legit trio or a legit stable one if not the best three-man team in WWE history so that's one that's one of my matches my other shield match I have on here is the shield versus the Wyatt family from Elimination Chamber 2014 what is there to be said about this matchup that hasn't already been said at this time the shield was like a legit Contender. This is when they were starting doing that the Hounds of Justice face turn and the Shield did. And it never really was like a face heel thing. They just went out and fought for the justice of the you know, fight the injustice in WWE. So this is an injustice moment. The Wyatt family just came the year before and they were just they uh took out Kane and as of right now, the Wyatt family is the hot thing. This is before Bray Wyatt got killed by John Cena. So before then they were the hot shit. They were the scary trio with this cult leader in Bray Wyatt with the sheep mask and everything. And it was like, oh my God, that was a huge, big trio. And it was like, like everybody since the Wyatt family has grown. It was like, when is it going to be the Wyatt family versus the Shield? And then it finally happened at Elimination Chamber. They had a match on main event, which I understood they did on main event so they can uh, have a, you know, something for that show to make it big. But I think the Elimination Chamber match was better, in my personal opinion, and it was. This match was chaotic as the Shield match. Now, it wasn't as chaotic as, say, the Shield versus Evolution. You know, when they were just going all around the building, and Seth was, will find a place to jump off of and launch himself into the, the people. You know, I don't, think they, I don't think they did that in that match. Once again, it was a long, that was, what, almost five, that was five years ago. I gotta go back there and watch that matchup. But that was a damn good, damn good matchup with them and first of all it also put the Wyatt family on the map as well it put the Wyatt family on the map as well as a legit stable for the, the shield to go up against because you want you, you didn't want any kind of uh slackers at all in the matchup so with them being like I said to be beef beef before the John Cena thing even happened the John Cena rivalry this is when the Wyatt family was just hot white hot and everybody just liked it something new and they just enjoyed that Wyatt family uh scary you know uh stuff but the Wyatt family beat the shield in this match I remember they, they Rowan and Harper did like a double it wasn't a choke stand it was kind of that, that bludgeon brother move that they do did Seth Rollins do an announce table so that took him out like I said it, it was chaos everywhere but they won that matchup and the Shield was one of the teams that was known that every time there was a six-man tag match, I knew it was going to be good with the Shield was being in it. The Shield was like the master of doing all the six-man tag team matches. And that was a damn good matchup. That that stole the show for me. Of course, you had that Elimination Chamber match at the end of the show. But that's when Randy Orton won. And he was, he was getting ready for WrestleMania 30. But no, it was about 
it was about the Shield versus the Wyatt family in, in that in that. So that's why I got that match on there. So when it cut now, that, those are the Shield matches I have on there. Now I can go to the the one on one Dean Ambrose match that I like, and I'll start with Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble 2016, the Last Man Standing match. This match opened the show. And if I knew any better, I would have known that they were going to come back to be in the Royal Rumble. Because they both came back to be in the Royal Rumble. And then that's when uh, Big Show and, oh no, that, that, that's, that's the year Triple H won. Because it was Dean Ambrose and Triple H as the final two left. And uh, everybody was hyped about Dean Ambrose winning that. But Triple H obviously won the match to go against Roman Reigns. Boo-hoo. So... But the match at the beginning of the show, that last man standing match, now that was a good match between him and Kevin Owens. He took some hard bumps. And one of the biggest spots was uh, Kevin Owens doing that pump handle follow-through slam that he does to Dean Ambrose off the top rope through a table. That was it was just a really, really good matchup between uh, those two. I, I, that, that stands out to me. This is when Dean Ambrose had his Intercontinental Championship run, so... I, I actually got this was his first title he won since the United States Championship, I believe, because he didn't win the tag team titles with Roman and Seth. So yeah, this is this is his first title since the United States Championship. So I I enjoyed that. Next match I have is from one of the greatest rivalries that he had. Even though I think the story going, because I don't know which match was better. Cause I got two of him with Seth Rollins, and the one I have here. I would say, uh, I you know, it's so hard because I love that ladder match from 2015. So this ain't no spoiler because I'm going to say a ladder match from 2015 uh, in Money in the Bank. That was a damn good ladder match. And, it you know, it, it got the time that it needed. And it was felt good to see a one-on-one ladder match. We All the time now we see multi-man ladder matches and we just see them just taking big bumps, but just to have a one-on-one matchup, like some of the best one-on-one ladder matches, like uh, Chris Jericho versus Chris Ben, uh, in Royal Rumble 2001, I thought was a phenomenal matchup. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho at No Mercy 2008, good matchup in a ladder matchup. So them doing one-on-one matches, I like that. I really do like that. So them bringing it back here, Dean Ambrose getting a buckle bomb on the outside onto the barricade and then getting a sit down power bomb on a pile of ladders. Like the, 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 the stuff this man and Seth Rollins did to each other was crazy. It was crazy. And uh, Seth Rollins comes up with the win. It was for the championship as well. Cause that rivalry that they had in 2014 was so great. But Seth Rollins came on top. And there's a superplex where Dean turned himself inside out. I think he just kind of over-rotated a little bit. It was a sick spot. A very sick spot. And my last match for Dean Ambrose has to be the Hell in a Cell between him and Seth Rollins. People, when they was going to that rivalry, that was the best rivalry of 2014 in all wrestling. And Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins build up to that Hell in a Cell match. Everybody was like, Vince, fuck Orton and Cena. Forget him. This needs to be the main event. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And the match went about, I want to say, 20 plus minutes. Like 25 minutes. But the bell didn't ring until uh, they only had like a 13 minute match inside the cell. Because 
It was carnage all on the outside of the cell before the match even started. Dean Ambrose started on the top with the candlestick and the Seth Rollins didn't want to go in there. They was fighting on the top and they kind of came down the sides. Now this was a 20, this, this Hell in a Cell was higher than the original one. The original one was only 16 feet. This one was 20 feet. So I know they wasn't going to take no spot from the top. So they came down to the sides right there and the sides were still as high. I think the sides was about 16 feet. Uh, when the other one was, was 20 feet. So they came from the sides and they were fighting and then they both crashed through the announce tables. It was a crazy looking spot. And then finally when they woke both those men up and they went back into the, the, uh, the Hell in a Cell, they had an awesome match. And this was when Dean Ambrose had like a television monitor or something like that and he tried to hit Seth Rollins when it exploded and then uh, that's when we got the whole Dean and Bray Wyatt feud come out of nowhere and Seth picks up the win inside Hell in a Cell to end their rivalry. It was really something special. Then we, we got all them kind of hardcore matches with Bray Wyatt. I was trying to think of which one I like between him, the, the, him and Bray Wyatt matches, but they just all was seemed so redundant to me. They, it, it just never got to that next gear. And then both of them were more better at hardcore-based stuff, but I don't know. It's just that maybe you need a better dance partner in, in that kind of matchup than in any head. But those are my top five Dean Ambrose matches. You know, if you have a top five, or if you want another email, because you can always email email us at the Real Nerd Coalition at gmail.com. Dean Ambrose, man, when he leaves, it's it's as a superstar. I will say this: I really will miss him. Now I have one more email here. I know who this person is as well. Uh, say Kofi Kingston, eleven years coming, won the WWE Championship. And it it brought tears to my eyes because him being one of the first, you know, African Americans to win the championship because you know people don't like to include the Rock because there's an asterisk on him, but that's still not fair to the Rock. But we're not gonna get into that. So they want me to list their top three WrestleMania moments, top three, and I was like, okay, I could do that because. Now, but also, I'm sitting there thinking, am I doing my top three WrestleMania moments or moments that piss me off or memorable moments? There's a lot of memorable moments and stuff that piss me off. So, but I'm going to try to, I made this list. It's only three of them, so that helped. I'm going to try the ones that impacted me the most because there were so many memorable moments and moments that I loved and stuff like that because, uh, Shawn Michaels jumping off the ladder on the Razor Ramon WrestleMania 10 was a memorable moment that I personally love, but I don't think that's going to carry the weight of some of these other moments that I have here. So let me start off by saying that there I'm only going to mostly put moments that I've seen watching it live because I didn't see Hogan slam Andre Giant. I just went back and seen it. I wasn't around for WrestleMania 3 uh, to see Hogan slam Andre. So, you know, stuff like that's not going to be in there. So, I think it's already going to be a cop-out because it actually goes in order. Because I have Kofi winning, obviously. I have Dale Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. And I have Seth Rollins winning at uh, WrestleMania 31. Now, those could be kind of a cop-outs here. But, I, I, first of all, Dale Bryan winning. That story I wasn't even supposed to happen. CM Punk quit. With CM Punk quitting, it just felt, fate just took its turn, and it just fell right into place. 
from the SummerSlam when, when uh, Troy screwed him over and Randy Orton cashed in for a championship. And he had that whole feud with Randy Orton. And then him having the yes movement and him just getting over. Over. I'm t- tell you, he was over. And everybody with his chance was just yes chance going across everywhere. Yes, 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 yes. I get it. And they just had to make the match between him and Triple H at uh, WrestleMania 30. And whoever wins goes on and to make the match a triple threat match at uh, the main event at WrestleMania 30. So, he was already on the edge of your seat. And, they st- and that was the opening match. So, Daniel Bryan won that matchup. And then he went to go beat Batista and Randy Orton. He beat Evolution in one night. And him hoisting up those titles... Especially after we had the Undertaker lose his streak that night, it was something memorable. I was so pulling for Daniel Bryan. He's he, he wasn't my favorite wrestler, but the under they told a great story, and that's one thing I think about WrestleMania is they tell great stories. WrestleMania Thirty One with Seth Rollins was ever since the Money in the Bank started back in two thousand five. Nobody has ever cashed in at WrestleMania. The deadline was WrestleMania. Nobody ever cashed it in at WrestleMania before. Seth Rollins being the first person to cash it in at WrestleMania, it meant something. And not only did he cash it, he didn't wait till Brock won or Roman won because that wouldn't have been smart. Usually we've seen Edge do it. We have seen uh, Dolph Ziggler do it. We have seen a lot of other people do it. But uh, when, you know, after somebody's down. And then they uh, go and attack them and win the championship. This time, he said, I'm going to go right into the match and have a triple threat match because there's no guarantee you're going to beat Brock after that. There's no guarantee you're going to beat Roman after that. But you but you see that they, they, they're both down. They're both beating each other up. And now you they're both down. You cash in. It's a triple threat matchup. And they had a good triple threat match for about two minutes. And then... He hits a curb stop on, on Brock Lesnar. He hits a curb stop on uh, Roman Reigns. You can hear Seth Rollins at the count of two say, thank you so much. And you know, Seth Rollins is a very emotional guy. And he wins the WWE Championship. And you just see him up on top swinging that belt around like Seth Rollins. Like he did the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 33. So that was a moment. So especially seeing the money in the bank cashed in at WrestleMania. And of course, Kofi. Kofi, I have not, like I said, now the day of Brian had at WrestleMania 30, Seth Rollins had at WrestleMania 31. Since then, we haven't had any kind of moments at WrestleMania. 32, 33, 34, so we haven't had no moments. Maybe Shane jumping off the hell in the cell, because that was just batshit crazy, uh, was probably the only moment I could think of for WrestleMania 30, and then maybe them going, uh, having the Women's Championship in place of the Divas Championship, but other than that, they don't stand out over the test of time. Kofi, though, when I said Daniel Bryan was over, that's how Kofi was over. Kofi Mania was running wild all through WrestleMania. There was Kofi Chance. There was Kofi Rocks, New Day Rocks, and Kofi Mania. And to see the story that it was played, probably one of the best stories going into WrestleMania, even though they kind of botched the ending a little bit. Not as bad as he did the main event, but still. Kofi winning... Uh, all the garland matches that knew they win for him and they've been pulling for this man for 11 years 
And even though it kind of spoiled it, but only to, to, to certain people who was actually looking for it, because I wasn't looking for it, it was it was amazing. It really was amazing. And the, the whole set was great. Kofi beats Daniel Bryan. He wins. The crowd goes crazy. His family gets in the ring with him, his kids and his wife, and they all dancing with him. And Xavier Woods is legit crying. He goes over, throws the hemp belt down on the podium, picks up the championship. They got Kofi's name on it. And everything, like I said, kind of spoiler warning. I would like them to bring it from the back. And then Biggie Brad, the president, should give giving them the new T-shirts that they're selling for uh, Kofi winning a championship. It was great. If they had hit all that stuff, it would. I think it would be even added even more to it. You can't. And that moment was so rich. Everybody that I watch on YouTube or watch in general talked about that moment. Even when I was watching the combat cast. They was talking about that moment that Kofi did. On on uh, Collider Talk, they was talking about the moment. That moment ended WrestleMania right there. Nothing could follow it. I did like the uh, Batista and Triple H match. It was a little long. And I liked the, the women's main event, but nothing could follow the Kofi Mania stuff. And that's what happens. The Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan thing was at the end. That's how you're supposed to cap it off. But nothing could follow Kofi Mania at WrestleMania 35. And it was a, just a beautiful moment. Even though it's on the network, it's still something that I will go buy on Blu-ray. So, guys, that is all for the emails today. That's all for the podcast today. I know it was a little short-handed. I was on here doing it by myself. But sometimes when things happen, that's what you got to do. So, if you guys want to email uh, me, once again, you got to just go down to Coalition at gmail.com. Once again, it's TheRealNerdCoalition at gmail.com. Spell C-O-A-L-I. T-I-O-N and make sure you guys check out our uh, production company well the, the one that we're a part of in Spaces Philly where they got great content on it such as the Lulu and Pop show both sides and the Lulu and Pop horror show make sure you guys check that stuff out along with checking out our great content the No Gimme Seated Rusty Podcast full episodes will be on Spaces Philly along with uh, the other podcast apps that we are a part of, along with No Gimmicks Needed. I mean, along with uh, Nerdgasm Talk, excuse me, Turntables, Hip Hop Culture and Beyond, and Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues. A lot of great content on Spaces Philly. Make sure you check it out. You guys listen to us either on Stitcher, on uh, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts. Full episodes will be on the podcast apps only. No more full episodes on YouTube. So make sure you guys check that stuff out. And uh, that's going to be it for me today. So I hope the Superstar Shake-Up is good. I can't wait to check it out. So uh, once again, this is NCN Place to Be. Chill, Tony, Mercedes, and D. And Q-Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. To your ears, welcome to the show. We don't need any gimmicks, you already know. So sit back, relax, and hit the like button. Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming. Swag on trivia and prompts top five. Either way, it's fun and you're hearing it live. Join with your host, Mr. A and E. Yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's NC.
Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All do.